Chapter Twenty Seven of the Italian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kathy Barrett. The Italian by Anne Radcliffe. Chapter Twenty Seven. Is it not dead midnight? Cold, fearful drops stand on my trembling flesh. What do I fear? Shakespeare. At about the same hour as on the preceding night, Vivaldi heard persons approaching his prison, and the door unfolding, his former conductors appeared. They threw over him the same mantle as before, and in addition a black veil that completely muffled his eyes, after which they led him from the chamber. Vivaldi heard the door shut on his departure, and the sentinels followed his steps, as if their duty was finished, and he was to return thither no more at this moment he remembered the words of the stranger when he had displayed the poniard and vivaldi apprehended the worst from having thwarted the designs of a person apparently so malignant but he exulted in the rectitude which had preserved him from debasement and with the magnanimous enthusiasm of virtue he almost welcomed sufferings which would prove the firmness of his justice towards an enemy for he determined to brave everything rather than impute to Scedoni circumstances the truth of which he possessed no means of ascertaining while vivaldi was conducted as on the preceding night through many passages he endeavoured to discover by their length and the abruptness of their turnings whether they were the same he had traversed before suddenly one of his conductors cried steps it was the first word vivaldi had ever heard him utter he immediately perceived that the ground sunk and he began to descend as he did which he tried to count the number of the steps that he might form some judgment whether this was the flight he had passed before when he had reached the bottom he inclined to believe that it was not so and the care which had been observed in blinding him seemed to indicate that he was going to some new place he passed through several avenues and then ascended soon after which he again descended a very long staircase such as he had not any remembrance of and they passed over a considerable extent of level ground by the hollow sounds which his steps returned he judged that he was walking over vaults the footsteps of the sentinels who had followed him from the cell were no longer heard and he seemed to be left with his conductors only a second flight appeared to lead him into subterraneous vaults for he perceived the air change and felt a damp vapour wrap round him the menace of the monk that he should meet him in the chambers of death frequently occurred to vivaldi his conductors stopped in this vault and seemed to hold a consultation but they spoke in such low accents that their words were not distinguishable except a few unconnected ones that hinted of more than vivaldi could comprehend he was at length again led forward and soon after he heard the heavy grating of hinges and perceived that he was passing through several doors by the situation of which vivaldi judged they were the same he had entered the night before and concluded that he was going to the hall of the tribunal his conductors stopped again and vivaldi heard the iron rod strike three times upon a door immediately a strange voice spoke from within and the door was unclosed Vivaldi passed on, and imagined that he was admitted into a spacious vault, for the air was freer, and his step sounded to a distance. Presently a voice, as on the preceding night, summoned him to come forward, and Vivaldi understood that he was again before the tribunal. It was the voice of the inquisitor who had been his chief examiner. "'You, Vincentio di Vivaldi,' it said, "'answer to your name, and to the questions which shall be put to you, without equivocation, on pain of the torture.' 
as the monk had predicted vivaldi was asked what he knew of father scadoni and when he replied as he had formerly done to his mysterious visitor he was told that he knew more than he acknowledged i know no more replied vivaldi you equivocate said the inquisitor declare what you have heard and remember that you formerly took an oath to that purpose vivaldi was silent till a tremendous voice from the tribunal commanded him to respect his oath i do respect it said vivaldi and i conjure you to believe that i also respect truth when i declare that what i am going to relate is a report to which i give no confidence and concerning even the probability of which i cannot produce the smallest proof respect truth said another voice from the tribunal and vivaldi fancied he distinguished the tones of the monk he paused a moment and the exhortation was repeated vivaldi then related what the stranger had said concerning the family of scadoni and the disguise which the father had assumed in the convent of the spirito santo but forbore even to name the penitentiary ansaldo and any circumstance connected with the extraordinary confession vivaldi concluded with again declaring that he had not sufficient authority to justify a belief in those reports on what authority do you repeat them said the vicar-general vivaldi was silent on what authority inquired the inquisitor sternly vivaldi after a momentary hesitation said what i am about to declare holy fathers is so extraordinary tremble said a voice close to his ear which he instantly knew to be the monk's and the suddenness of which electrified him he was unable to conclude the sentence what is your authority for the reports demanded the inquisitor it is unknown even to myself answered vivaldi do not equivocate said the vicar-general i solemnly protest rejoined vivaldi that i know not either the name or the condition of my informer and that i never even beheld his face till the period when he spoke of father scadoni tremble repeated the same low but emphatic voice in his ear vivaldi started and turned involuntarily towards the sound though his eyes could not assist his curiosity you did well to say that you had something extraordinary to add observed the inquisitor tis evident also that you expected something extraordinary from your judges since you supposed they would credit these assertions vivaldi was too proud to attempt the justifying himself against so gross an accusation or to make any reply why do you not summon father ansaldo said the voice remember my words vivaldi again awed by the voice hesitated for an instant how to act and in that instant his courage returned my informer stands beside me said vivaldi boldly i know his voice detain him it is of consequence whose voice demanded the inquisitor no person spoke but myself whose voice said the vicar-general the voice was close beside me replied vivaldi it spoke low but i knew it well this is either the cunning or the frenzy of despair observed the vicar-general not any person is now beside you except the familiars said the inquisitor and they wait to do their office if you shall refuse to answer the questions put to you i persist in my assertion replied vivaldi and i supplicate that my eyes may be unbound that i may know my enemy the tribunal after a long private consultation granted the request the veil was withdrawn and vivaldi perceived beside him only the familiars their faces as is usual were concealed 
it appeared that one of these torturers must be the mysterious enemy who pursued him if indeed that enemy was an inhabitant of the earth and vivaldi requested that they might be ordered to uncover their features he was sternly rebuked for so presumptuous a requisition and reminded of the inviolable law and faith which the tribunal had pledged that persons appointed to their awful office should never be exposed to the revenge of the criminal whom it might be their duty to punish their duty exclaimed vivaldi thrown from his guard by strong indignation and is faith held sacred with demons without awaiting the order of the tribunal the familiars immediately covered vivaldi's face with the veil and he felt himself in their grasp he endeavoured however to disentangle his hands and at length shook these men from their hold and again unveiled his eyes but the familiars were instantly ordered to replace the veil the inquisitor bade vivaldi to recollect in whose presence he then was and to dread the punishment which his resistance had incurred and which would be inflicted without delay unless he could give some instance that might tend to prove the truth of his late assertions if you expect that i should say more replied vivaldi i claim at least protection from the unbidden violence of the men who guard me if they are suffered at their pleasure to sport with the misery of their prisoner i will be inflexibly silent and since i must suffer it shall be according to the laws of the tribunal the vicar-general or as he is called the grand inquisitor promised vivaldi the degree of protection he claimed and demanded at the same time what were the words he had just heard vivaldi considered that though justice bade him avoid accusing an enemy of suspicious circumstances concerning which he had no proof yet that neither justice nor common sense required he should make a sacrifice of himself to the dilemma in which he was placed he therefore without further scruple acknowledged that the voice had bidden him require of the tribunal to summon one father ansaldo the grand penitentiary of the santa del pianto near naples and also father schedoni who was to answer to extraordinary charges which would be brought against him by ansaldo vivaldi anxiously and repeatedly declared that he knew not the nature of the charges nor that any just grounds for them existed these assertions seemed to throw the tribunal into new perplexity vivaldi heard their busy voices in low debate which continued for a considerable time in this interval he had leisure to perceive the many improbabilities that either of the familiars should be the stranger who so mysteriously haunted him and among these was the circumstance of his having resided so long at naples the tribunal after some time had elapsed in consultation proceeded on the examination and vivaldi was asked what he knew of father ansaldo he immediately replied that ansaldo was an utter stranger to him and that he was not even acquainted with a single person residing in the santa del pianto or who had any knowledge of the penitentiary how said the grand inquisitor you forget that the person who bade you require of this tribunal to summon ansaldo has knowledge of him pardon me i do not forget replied vivaldi and i request it may be remembered that i am not acquainted with that person if therefore he had given me any account of ansaldo i could not have relied upon its authenticity vivaldi again required of the tribunal to understand that he did not summon ansaldo or any other person before them but had merely obeyed their command to repeat what the stranger had said the tribunal acknowledged the justice of this injunction and exculpated him from any harm that should be the consequence of the summons but this assurance of safety for himself was not sufficient to appease vivaldi who was alarmed lest he should be the means of bringing an innocent person under suspicion 
the grand inquisitor again addressed him after a general silence had been commanded in the court the account you have given of your informer said he is so extraordinary that it would not deserve credit but that you have discovered the utmost reluctance to reveal the charges he gave you from which it appears that on your part at least the summons is not malicious but are you certain that you have not deluded yourself and that the voice beside you was not an imaginary one conjured up by your agitated spirits i am certain replied vivaldi with firmness it is true resumed the grand inquisitor that several persons were near you when you exclaimed that you heard the voice of your informer yet no person heard it besides yourself where are those persons now demanded vivaldi they are dispersed alarmed at your accusation if you will summon them said vivaldi and order that my eyes may be uncovered i will point out to you without hesitation the person of my informer should he remain among them the tribunal commanded that they should appear, but new difficulties arose. It was not remembered of whom the crowd consisted, a few individuals only were recollected, and these were summoned. Vivaldi, in solemn expectation, heard steps and the hum of voices gathering round him, and impatiently awaited for the words that would restore him to sight, and perhaps release him from uncertainty. In a few moments he heard the command given the veil was once more removed from his eyes and he was ordered to point out the accuser vivaldi threw a hasty glance upon the surrounding strangers the lights burn dimly said he i cannot distinguish these faces it was ordered that a lamp should be lowered from the roof and that the strangers should arrange themselves on either side of vivaldi when this was done and he glanced his eyes upon the crowd he is not here said vivaldi not one of these countenances resembles the monk of paluzzi yet stay who is he that stands in the shade behind those persons on the left bid him lift his cowl the crowd fell back and the person to whom vivaldi had pointed was left alone within the circle he is an officer of the inquisition said a man near vivaldi and he may not be compelled to discover his face unless by an express command from the tribunal i call upon the tribunal to command it said vivaldi who calls exclaimed a voice and vivaldi recognized the tones of the monk but he knew not exactly whence they came i vincentio di vivaldi replied the prisoner i claim the privilege that has been awarded me and bid you unveil your countenance there was a pause of silence in the court except that a dull murmur ran through the tribunal meanwhile the figure within the circle stood motionless and remained veiled spare him said the man who had before addressed vivaldi he has reasons for wishing to remain unknown which you cannot conjecture he is an officer of the inquisition and not the person you apprehend perhaps i can conjecture his reasons replied vivaldi who raising his voice added i appeal to this tribunal and command you who stand alone within the circle you in black garments to unveil your features immediately a loud voice issued from the tribunal and said we command you in the name of the most holy inquisition to reveal yourself the stranger trembled but without presuming to hesitate uplifted his cowl vivaldi's eyes were eagerly fixed upon him but the action disclosed not the countenance of the monk but an official whom he recollected to have seen once before though exactly on what occasion he did not now remember this is not my informer said vivaldi turning from him with deep disappointment while the stranger dropped his cowl and the crowd closed upon him 
at the assertion of vivaldi the members of the tribunal looked upon each other doubtingly and were silent till the grand inquisitor waving his hand as if to command attention addressed vivaldi it appears then that you have formerly seen the face of your informer i have already declared so replied vivaldi the grand inquisitor demanded when and where he had seen it last night and in my prison answered vivaldi in your prison said the ordinary inquisitor contemptuously who had before examined him and in your dreams too no doubt in your prison exclaimed several members of the lower tribunal he dreams still observed an inquisitor holy fathers he abuses your patience and the frenzy of terror has deluded his credulity we neglect the moments we must inquire further into this said another inquisitor here is some deception if you vincentio di vivaldi have asserted a falsehood tremble whether vivaldi's memory still vibrated with the voice of the monk or that the tone in which this same word was now pronounced did resemble it he almost started when the inquisitor had said tremble and he demanded who spoke then it is ourself answered the inquisitor after a short conversation among the members of the tribunal the grand inquisitor gave orders that the sentinels who had watched on the preceding night at the prison door of vivaldi should be brought into the hall of justice the persons who had been lately summoned into the chamber were now bidden to withdraw and all further examination was suspended till the arrival of the sentinels vivaldi heard only the low voices of the inquisitors as they conversed privately together and he remained silent thoughtful and amazed when the sentinels appeared and were asked who had entered the prison of vivaldi during the last night they declared without hesitation or confusion that not any person had passed through the door after the hour when the prisoner had returned from examination till the following morning when the guard had carried in the usual allowance of bread and water in this assertion they persisted without the least equivocation notwithstanding which they were ordered into confinement till the affair should be cleared up the doubts however which were admitted as to the integrity of these men did not contribute to dissipate those which had prevailed over the opposite side of the question on the contrary the suspicions of the tribunal augmenting with their perplexity seemed to fluctuate equally over every point of the subject before them till instead of throwing any light upon the truth they only served to involve the whole in deeper obscurity more doubtful than before of the honesty of vivaldi's extraordinary assertions the grand inquisitor informed him that if after further inquiry into this affair it should appear he had been trifling with the credulity of his judges he would be severely punished for his audacity but that on the other hand should there be reason to believe that the sentinels had failed in their duty and that some person had entered his prison during the night the tribunal would proceed in a different manner vivaldi perceiving that to be believed it was necessary he should be more circumstantial described with exactness the person and appearance of the monk without however mentioning the poniard which had been exhibited a profound silence reigned in the chamber while he spoke it seemed a silence not merely of attention but of astonishment vivaldi himself was awed and when he had concluded almost expected to hear the voice of the monk uttering defiance or threatening vengeance but all remained hushed, till the inquisitor, who had first examined him, said in a solemn tone, "'We have listened with attention to what you have delivered, and will give the case a full inquiry. Some points on which you have touched excite our amazement, and call for particular regard. Retire whence you came, and sleep this night without fear. You will soon know more.' 
Vivaldi was immediately led from the chamber, and still blindfolded, reconducted to the prison to which he had supposed it was designed he should return no more. When the veil was withdrawn, he perceived that his guard was changed. Again left to the silence of his cell, he reviewed all that had passed in the chamber of justice, the questions which had been put to him, the different manners of the inquisitors, the occurrence of the monk's voice, and the similarity which he had fancied he perceived between it and that of the inquisitor when the latter pronounced the word tremble. But the consideration of all these circumstances did not in any degree relieve him from his perplexity. Sometimes he was inclined to think that the monk was an inquisitor, and the voice had more than once appeared to proceed from the tribunal. But he remembered also that more than once it had spoken close to his ear, and he knew that a member of this tribunal might not leave his station during the examination of a prisoner, and that even if he had dared to do so, his singular dress would have pointed him out to notice, and consequently to suspicion, at the moment when Vivaldi had exclaimed that he heard the voice of his informer. Vivaldi, however, could not avoid meditating with surprise on the last words which the inquisitor, who had been his chief examiner, had addressed to him when he was dismissed from before the tribunal. These were the more surprising because they were the first from him that had in any degree indicated a wish to console or quiet the alarm of the prisoner, and Vivaldi even fancied that they betrayed some foreknowledge that he would not be disturbed this night by the presence of his awful visitor. He would entirely have ceased to apprehend, though not to expect, had he been allowed a light and any weapon of defence, if in truth the stranger was of a nature to fear a weapon but to be thus exposed to the designs of a mysterious and powerful being whom he was conscious of having offended to sustain such a situation without suffering anxiety required somewhat more than courage or less than reason End of chapter twenty seven